everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative, storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's Brandon Odo with another Turbo. Uh, pardon my audio, my poor microphone is in the shop and I'm on a backup. But that will not stand in the way of us talking today about a brief little nugget of a topic, which is documenting point-of-care ultrasound studies. Point-of-care ultrasound, bedside ultrasound, emergency, clinical ultrasound, there's a lot of names these days, but when you as the bedside clinician take an ultrasound probe and put on a patient uh, to try to answer a clinical question something we're all doing pretty widely nowadays in critical care, as well as some other fields like emergency medicine. However, uh, this brings with it a lot of sort of practical and administrative questions, one of which is when you do one of these studies, it's not too lofty of a word, you are performing a medical test, how should you document that you did it? In the, quote, old days, and by old days I mean still now, often in many places, we would do what some people are calling phantom scanning. You just go around with your machine and you scan patients and you don't document anything. You potentially use your findings for clinical decision-making, but the results only live in your own head. Now, there are two things you can do uh, to evolve that. The first is to save images or clips, record what you found. And to what extent and how you do that will depend on your system. Of course, you could just save things on the local machine. They don't necessarily go anywhere, but at least they're accessible if for some reason you need them. Someone's like, hey, I'd like to see what you saw. Or even if you have some kind of QI process that would have access to those. Uh, Ideally, you'd upload them somewhere, such as your, your radiology pack system. And many places now have systems like that. Other people can see them um, and they are kind of exist in a a medical record sense. You may or may not have that, but what you do have is access to the chart and the ability to write notes and essentially document your findings. And probably we should be doing that, probably in pretty much all cases, um, regardless of whether you're also saving images. This is kind of a separate thing, and probably you should be doing both, but uh, there's no infrastructure challenges to documenting your findings. Because even if you can't save or upload images, you could write a note. What that note is, uh, whatever. You know, if you have a standardized template and protocol for doing this in your system, then do that. If you don't, do your own thing. Um, What I've been doing uh, for a little while now is I just made a a template for my ultrasound studies. I just pop into a little dot phrase. Um, I make a note, which in our Epic system, I I just use a procedure note, but you could probably do something else. Um, And I put in my little template, and I just tab through it, and it has the common things that I'm going to want to document. Now, practical stuff you should have in probably every patient is the indication, why you're doing this. And, you know, if you're going to try to bail or something, you need that. But even practically speaking, uh, it is relevant for the reader to know why you went and did this. Were you just bored or, you know, was it because they're in shock or they're in have worsening hypoxia or something else? Um, you should say what you did. So what did you examine? And it's, I think, worthwhile to comment on any barriers. So 
was it a you know straightforward or a very technically difficult study, and maybe to some extent why? Um, because again, it pertains to the findings. If you say I couldn't see much, but you also say it was technically just terrible, then the reader knows that it doesn't mean a great deal. Whereas if it was a really good study and you didn't see pericardial effusion or something, there's probably no pericardial effusion. Um, and then I have uh, little fields mostly for echo findings because that's 80% of what I do. Um, and I just have, you know, LV, RV, valves, uh, IVC, um, lungs, uh, vascular, um, and like a, an other or misc. Those are just fields that I made. Some of them are not relevant, and I'll either delete them or just say that it wasn't examined or something like that. Um, and they're just free text fields. You could make uh, like drop downs or some kind of clicky select things. Um, first of all, it's a little hard to do in your template, but if you're smart, you could do it. But it also kind of limits you to um, using those things. And I, I guess I prefer to just free text things. Maybe because I'm not always doing a, a really clearly structured study. Sometimes I look at certain things, sometimes I don't. I like to be able to kind of describe qualitatively. Um, but there are good reasons for doing it in a more structured way. So whatever works for you. But having some kind of template makes it quick to do and, you know, reminds you to comment on certain things. And then good to have, you know, a miscellaneous field or whatever, so you can mention anything else. Um, for instance, if you looked in the abdomen or in the legs or in the brain or who knows what else, of course, you could make a different template for those studies if you do them a lot. But I have just the one right now. Um, and then I also have a blurb at the bottom saying I spent X amount of critical care minutes doing the study because we don't have a system to bill for the actual studies, which can be done, um, but it requires some infrastructure. It usually does require saving images and some other things. Um, but if you don't have that, you could still bill it as critical care time, assuming what you're doing pertains to critical care issues, which by and large they are. The time you spent uh, performing and interpreting the study could be time. Whether it's enough time that it adds to anyone's billing is another matter, but I just have it in my note, and even if it's eight minutes, I just put it in there, I don't have to think about it. And then if it does end up being contributory to you know my or someone else's bucket of critical care time for the day, um, it's done and done. However you want to go about this, we should probably be documenting our studies. I don't think it's great form anymore in the year 2024 to go and make major medical decisions based on a study which not only was not recorded, but not even documented. And while you could document things elsewhere, whatever, in your day's progress note or something else, which is better than nothing, um, there's a good chance no one's ever going to be able to find it or see it. It's not going to be in a very standardized format, probably not very thorough, so it's not ideal. Having these in the chart, living in a way not unlike, you know, the chest x-ray that was done and the interpretation for that for from the radiologist, um, I think adds a lot. And then it makes a lot more sense to the next person who comes along to say, why did this patient get started on dobutamine? And they see your note in the chart saying in a thorough, comprehensive way that you did an exam for shock and you found that the EF was 10% or something like that. They could still argue about it. They could still wonder if it was true. That's why it's good to have the actual images that they can look at. But at the very least, it's clear what you saw, what you found, and what you thought of it, which at the end of the day is all that clinical documentation really is. Go forth and at least consider 
some sort of documentation, um, even I think in cases where you didn't find much or you weren't able to see much, it was technically really, really difficult uh, because that too is a finding. It says that someone tried to do a study, they couldn't see much, uh, that's worth knowing. Um, and to whatever extent it was useful, it says those findings, um, but it's something. And you know, on the billing side, that is potentially billable time too, um, if there's enough of it. So something to think about. Let me know what you guys think. I'll talk to you next time.